it's a big adult job. Just because it's sex work doesn't mean that it's just like running around and fucking all the time. Yeah. to the Seen and Not Heard podcast. I'm so excited to have you for a multitude of reasons. I know that you're kind of a newer addition to the industry and I got to talk to you when you first kind of jumped in and I've also kind of got to see you progress over the short time you've been in the industry, which is really cool and exciting. So I guess let's start by having you tell a little bit about yourself because I always like to let people introduce themselves and give background because your story is so interesting. Well, let's see. Well, I'm, like you said, Laura, um, and my pathway into the industry is potentially a little bit different than some other girls and women or, you know, whoever comes into it. Um, I started a little bit later in life, um, and I also did it as um, a real switch in careers. So my background um, is really in, like, big data. So I have a master's degree in uh, data and information systems um, and would use that to kind of drive my career. Um, A number of different things happened, you know, COVID, the pandemic, a multitude of other things. Um, I had some health issues and I needed to figure out a way to pivot. And when I really was taking a moment to figure out for myself (laughs) Like after I was no longer able to really do what I had been uh, trained so thoroughly to do and what I had spent so much money (laughs) learning to do really, um, I took a real step back and decided to look at my life and kind of this macro view to see what could I do that would replace that income, that would be easier on my body, that would give me less active work hours, Um, and give me some more flexibility around the needs of my family because I have um, also three young children. So, and a husband. I hope I look like you. I have three children. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And I do a lot of running too. That's part of like how I, uh, how I recenter myself and um, also kind of take some time to, to heal um, and give my body a break. Like that's a real way to kind of build myself back up from the inside out. Um, but that's in very short course, uh, a good idea of where I came from, how we originally met, um, was through a fan central webinar. Um, and I actually got somehow, I was like the luckiest girl in the whole world. Like all of these people had RSVP'd to this fan centro webinar and I ended up being the only person in attendance. So I got one-on-one time with like you and Brooke and uh, Christy and it was, someone else was there too that it might've been Saint at the time, but it was just an amazing experience and like really kind of made me feel like I was setting out on the right path. Like I connected with you very early on in my transition and it was really something that was like, okay, bam, you are connected to the right people then. Yeah, there's definitely like a, an energy in, you know, you, you track the right people at the right time in your life. And I think that for you, for your moment, like just starting out, 
that was such a blessing, just the way everything fell together. Cause like, even when I started in the industry, like I had no one to ask advice for, I had no one to turn to, I had no resources whatsoever. And it was always like, okay, try this, fail. Okay, try something else. <laughs> like you do that for 10 years until you finally figure it all out. But to see newcomers like yourself or anyone getting in the industry, especially under the circumstances of COVID, to save them that trouble and allow them to have that resource is such a, a good feeling. And also like, I always look at my career now that I'm 30 and I'm like, <laughs> I feel like I'm almost on my way out of the industry. I still have, you know, probably five more years in here making content, but I feel like I finally know enough to give back. So it's so good to hear that from me because it's like, okay, so I'm not just crazy and making this all up in my head. I'm like, okay, good. I did something right. <laughs> No, you did. And the way that, like, before I made that jump to into the industry, into sex work, I did my research. I took, I spent about three or four months just kind of really slowly gathering some data and seeing what it was like and following different people to make sure that it was something that, um, because even though I'm a sexually adventurous person and it feels like a safe space for me, I've never had any issues discussing sex with people or you know, anything like that. For some reason, that's just not the thing that gets me all like flustered. Yeah. Um, so finding like a resource or having people that you can bounce ideas off of, you can do all the, the research in the world, but until you find people to actually like connect with, that's yeah, really, really stellar. <laughs> yeah. I think there's like such a difference between being able to do research, which is also equally important, I think, but mm-hmm. to do research and really f- figure out if this is an area and a space you want to proceed in. But then also there's some another piece of it that's like the mentorship, which mm-hmm. is something that's not really happening a lot in our space. So it's, it's kind mm-hmm. of cool to see that shift taking place. Now, I want to ask you about your, your mainstream career before you got into this for a minute, mm-hmm. because I don't know really what goes into big data mining or not mining, but Mm -hmm. data and that kind of information job. And also kind of to get an idea of how many hours you were spending at work or what that entails. Oh, goodness. So I was um, uh, spending sometimes 50 hours at the office a week and then, you know, sometimes bringing work home and doing it at night as well. and it's, it was really about, it was fun. It was a great kind of job. I always described it as treasure hunting. Like you'd go in and you'd get some kind of weird assignment, like just figure out here's a big old data dump. What is it trying to tell us? And I would be in charge of using um, different tools like dashboards, Tableau, mm-hmm. um, different kind of reporting softwares. Um to visualize that data for uh, kind of C-suite employees so that they could make business decisions off of it. Um, When I finally started having some kind of physical ailment and my hands weren't working as well, um, it really took away my ability to do all of that work because while there are certain um, word processing softwares like Dragon that'll do the voice to text, Mm They don't work very well with um, highly specialized uh, software for like dashboarding and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that was kind of what preceded preceded yeah. my transition. But, and it was also something too where even though I enjoyed my job and what I did, I never felt like I really decided to do it. Mm-hmm. Like way way back in the day. 
um, and just kind of fell into a path in college. And, you know, the jobs that kept kind of opening up for me, I never really kind of questioned whether or not I even liked them. They were always just there. And I was always just kind of pushed to continue moving and growing. And I was just kind of moving along through the paces. So now it's a definite transition. There's a lot more on me personally to drive my day. Um, but I think that I'm the type of person that can take that on. Um, it's just, it's, I feel a lot more encouraged on my own. I feel like in this space, I have a lot more autonomy to do things that lift me as a human being that like make me happy, that make me a better mom, that make me a better wife. Like <laughs> I don't have all of these weights on me anymore. <laughs> yeah. The nine to five, especially with mainstream incorporation can get really restricting, especially mm -hmm. in the sense of like how you really want to manage your time because you're stuck living your life in accordance with someone else's schedule. You know, mm -hmm. that's a struggle for sure. I'm assuming, so one of the things I wanted to touch on for sure was, I think you're unique in the case that you're kind of like me, where you're coming from a business and almost data background, like mm -hmm. my background is in business and marketing. So when it comes to evaluating data to make business decisions, that's right on my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm familiar with the programs you named like Tableau and stuff like that, which I love Tableau. Um, but having that insight, I feel will set you apart in the industry because you're going to treat it more like a business in based on the data and making your decisions, data-driven decisions versus the mm -hmm. average influencer who's coming in and saying, oh, I saw someone else do that. Let me give it a try. Have you noticed in the things you're choosing to do as someone who's new to the space that you're looking for data points and you're looking for trends and you're oh, yeah. modeling your business <laughs> off of that? Exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of where I am right now is I've been delving into the different platforms that I do use, kind of picking up the different um, data from those and seeing um, like where, um, where should I be spending my most time connecting with fans? Cause that's where I tend to, you know, where am I connecting the most? Where should I spend my most, the most time? Where should I put the most energy and effort into so that I'm not spinning my wheels? I want to work smarter and not harder right like yeah I do see you as someone like me who's you know looking for things and taking a very business forward approach to sex work mm -hmm. do you feel like and I'm not sure I guess how open you are with friends and family about what you uh, are doing but mm -hmm. do you feel like the general consensus on you being a very intelligent a very established person you know with a master's who had a really serious career what is the feedback you get from people who know you that are like why are you doing this? Or why would you choose this? Or you're throwing away this great career in mainstream doing normal people things. What has kind of the feedback given, um, been given to you from people who know you best? Hmm. We haven't told that many people. Um, there are a couple close friends that know, um, but we do live in a, in a fairly conservative area and my husband does still have um, very much a mainstream job. So, um, we haven't told a lot of people, but I do hope to be able to tell my friends and family, hopefully in some kind of short order. I am in no way um, ashamed of the work that I am doing. I think that sex work is very valid work yes. and it um, 
does a lot for the people that you end up connecting with. To me, this is my way to really on a micro scale effect and make people's lives better. The people that I connect with, my, my fans, the people that I talk to, the, you know, they're, they're amazing people. Um, and I care about them greatly. And um, I feel like I get to affect change on this human level more than I did in that corporate environment. And I think that's kind of something people assume is like, if you're not widely open with what your career is. And if you're not, you know, introducing yourself when you first meet someone like, hi, I'm Melrose Michaels and I do porn. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. that somehow you're ashamed of it or somehow you're, you're hiding it, but that's not, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. I, even in my own experience, like that's not the first thing I tell people. Cause especially in the U S it's a very career forward, like your career is your identity and they're so entangled in our society. Mm -hmm. It's kind of strange that way. Cause anywhere else in the world is not like that. Mm -hmm. um, but and we have a very strange approach to okay, effort, to life and to happiness and to okay. work. Um, but people, they ask me, they're like, well, how come if you're so proud of what you do, how come when you meet someone, that's not the first thing you introduce along with your name? I'm like, because you have to understand, like, I'm aware that society isn't widely accepting of what we do. And I don't want people to close off their mind to possibly getting to know me just mm -hmm. because my career and what they think that means doing this career means to them, you know, closes their mind and they're no longer listening. Mm -hmm. So I want to be validated that they like me as a person and they value me as a human. And then mm -hmm. I can tell them my career when it's an appropriate time and place and they can make that decision then because they know me then, you know, mm -hmm. so exactly. I totally get that. Totally get that. Now, with you, you're doing what kind of content currently? You're doing solo, you're doing girl, girl, boy, girl. I'm doing solo um, and then some girl, girl. And then um, my husband has been very gracious and um, is my male content partner. <laughs> so, Perfect. yeah. So your husband, because we've spoken briefly about him uh, mm -hmm. in private, he has a very well-established career as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, he right. does. So he actually owns a business um, and has a, a, an established career. Um, he also has a, a master's level education as well. Um, and, you know, he's, he's, I think, struggled with it a little bit more on his end because he is a bit more um, conservative as in, like, he's a little bit more worried what people think or, you know, if, if potentially someone were to find out what I did, maybe he could lose work in his industry. Um, my personal feeling on that is, is kind of like, well, if that person was, if they're going to be that type of person to not give you the work anyway, then I'd rather not do business with them. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that's kind of my, my drive to align my career and my ambitions with my kind of personal uh, drive and what feels right to me exactly my belief systems but um but like we I remember having some conversations early on when we were discussing what all of this would look like and my transition into it when we, it was still very um up in the air and we hadn't actually made any firm decisions and he was like well if someone found your content someone that we knew and asked you about it what do you think would be the first thing you would say to them? And I said, oh, I guess I would ask them if they enjoyed it. Like, that would be 
where my where my head goes first. I'm like, oh great, did you like what you saw? <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna be ashamed. I'm not gonna be upset about it. Like I made it. I'm proud of it. It's out there. Um, I don't want to be ashamed of anything that I do. I want to be proud of it, and yeah. I am. Yeah, like, that's like yeah. something I tell people when they're first getting in. I'm like, you you can approach sex work one of two ways. <laughs> and this is what sets it apart from other career paths is like you either dabble in it and it's out there, but you don't acknowledge it and you kind of hide from it and it haunts you almost in a way, or you do it and you mm-hmm. do it and you scream it from the rooftops in the sense of having, you know, your persona on social and having public socials and things like that. And then when people approach mm-hmm. you with it, you take ownership of it and you're like, yeah, I do this and I do a damn good job at it. Like, look at my lifestyle. Look what I was able mm-hmm. to do. Um, and I think if you do it, the way that it's out there and you're kind of hiding from it, not so that even you're ashamed, but if you're, if you, you know, you have a people that you know that you can talk to about it, or if you don't want it to come up and you don't want to ever have to face that it's there, that's, that's going to be a very difficult way to navigate the space and a difficult way to live even. Mm -hmm. So that can be really tough, really tough. When it comes to your dynamic with, you know, being married and having children, did you and your husband have any conversations about like, what do we tell our kids down the line in the future? If they ever find out about this, like, what does that look like? If you don't mind. Well, we have children that are spaced kind of um, at different ages. So I think there'll be different ways and times that we end up telling them, but I don't ever want it to be something where they are like blindsided, like if one of their friends finds content of me, I don't want it to be something that they're unaware of. So say we have um, a 12, a nine and a two-year-old. So the 12-year-old obviously is approaching adolescence. Um, There are gonna be other conversations soon that we're going to be having about sex. Um, And I think as we kind of get into that, as she gets a little bit older, I can tell her uh, in terms that are appropriate for her age, of course, you know, like parts of what I do. Um, And, you know, that can morph and change and I can be a little bit more explicit as she gets older and understands more too, you know? So at first I might say the way that I've been thinking about it is that, um, you know, like mom just, I take pictures of myself you know, mm-hmm. to that's how we make an income now. Um, and that conversation, I think, will change as they get older as well and have more questions. But I think that being honest with my children is going to be the best bet. Yeah, for like, sure. I'm just, I was yeah. generally curious because I'm kind of, you know, kids are in my, you know, short to near future. Mm-hmm. I always, I'm always curious on how people approach that subject because I'm still you know, mm-hmm. not sure how long we do it. So it's, it's just interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's also one of the biggest things I get asked is like, well, you know, there's all these moms on, on fan sites and only fans and, and Centro and all this. I'm like, so what? Like, well, what do their kids think? I'm like, I don't know. I haven't talked to their kids, but I'm sure they're going to have these conversations. You, you know, mm-hmm. the last thing you want is your kid to like get bullied at school and come home and be like, why didn't you tell me? You know? So yeah. totally and at the same, and there have been conversations too, where, you know, like playing devil's advocate, maybe my husband will be like, did you, like, what if you, what if this pigeonholes them or something down the line? I'm, and I personally, for me, I can't live a life in, in what ifs, like, 
if this could happen, if that could happen, I need to be kind of more focused on the present and what is happening now and what I can do to um, make sure that my family is able to stay afloat, <laughs> really. I mean, if it all comes down to it, um, we got bills to pay and a mortgage and like all this other stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's a big adult job. Just because it's sex work doesn't mean that it's just like running around and fucking all the time. Yeah. <laughs> There's work involved. And especially if you want to be successful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So in terms of your platforms in um, the kind of features you offer and what you're doing, what are you currently doing? I know you're doing fan site. Are you doing premium socials and what else? I'm doing most of my effort right now is um, kind of in cam. So um, I've spent a lot of my time on um, Streamate or uh, MFC mm-hmm. and then um, kind of utilize Fan Centro to sell my premium snap. Mm-hmm. Um, and then OnlyFans just as kind of like a almost like how a lot of people utilize many vids just because I haven't really found a space or a way to market myself like I haven't figured out OnlyFans yet such a strange little platform yeah there's like no there's no model support there's no way to search anything out and even my husband will go on these platforms too to kind of like test it out as a as a male user and see Mm -hmm. like what the what the usability and the features are and things like that. And he's like, that's just the weirdest site to use <laughs> and try to find anybody on. <laughs> okay, it's not just me. No, no, it's not. That's what people always come to me. They're like, well, how come, you know, OnlyFans as a company is more established and more prominent in the sex work space than Fan Central? And I'm like, it was just timing. And also OnlyFans has a link to my free cams because of the campsite, it's the same company even though it might not be on paper, it's the same people involved, it's the same everything. And a lot of the traffic that we all spent years helping build on my free camps has been pushed only fans. So that's mm-hmm. a, it's not, it's almost not comparable to Fan Centro because the platform on Fan Centro, from myself speaking, my opinion as a model, and I'm probably biased because I am brand ambassador there, but just a way better platform for user friendliness and, and how clean everything is and clearly easy to find. Whereas like only fans, it seems like they're a decade behind in tech and everything's very basic and simple. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. And that's, I mean, my free camp, the website campsite for so long was very like that, very basic, mm-hmm. very simple. Um, they only recently started upgrading things, but yeah, I mean, better late than never, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's still pretty basic compared to some of the other ones. Yeah. But fan centro from at least from a model perspective is so much yeah. better like you have so much more support yeah. you have so many more like tools to help market yourself which is nice like yeah other the rest of it just kind of feels like a cluster like everyone yeah. just kind of a lot of like different plate like you like you mentioned too there's many bits there's you know there's all these different mm-hmm. platforms and it's hard to like I don't know it's not just nice to be centralized in one place but there's also value in being other places so it gets very mm-hmm. very overwhelming very quickly <laughs> yeah that's a lot of what like in my, in my new year, what I'm trying to do is now that I've kind of established myself in this space a little bit and figured out a few of the platforms that I've had the most success with, um, I'm really starting to pull together like a legit business plan 
and um, some workflows so that I know like, okay, so here's my content filming schedule for at home. Here's what um, I'm gonna try and hit for the week and then like really build that into um, something that has smart attainable goals built in. And I think I'm gonna need like an actual working document to be able to keep me um, on track and motivated. And cause I tend to be one of those people who really like gets a kick out of checking something off the list. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna need a whole Google Drive girl. <laughs> Just oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, on it, yes, there are spreadsheets galore. <laughs> Um, when you have to juggle all of these things, like being a mom and a wife and a performer, and now this is a business, you're a business owner. So how do you manage that? Like, what does that look like? Well, some days I don't manage it very well. <laughs> you know, some days every plate falls and breaks. Um, cause that is just how it goes sometimes, but it has definitely been a challenge. I've this is the first time that I have owned and operated like a business myself. That's just me, a sole proprietor. I've always worked for someone, but I've had the benefit of watching my husband build his business um, and, you know, watch him develop a corporation and bylaws and things like that. So now we're also like doing some other stuff, but that's a tangent, but it comes down also to trying to compartmentalize a few different pieces of your life. Like the time that I'm focused on, like with the kids, I should be present with the kids. The time that I'm focusing with my husband, I need to try and be fully present with him so that he always, he feels cared for. And then the time that I'm working on the business, I need to treat it like another individual that needs my care and time because it really does in order to grow. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also need to try and find some time for, you. for me, yeah, to just decompress occasionally. For me, that's like sitting and watching crappy crime shows and drinking yeah. wine. So. <laughs> Especially during the pandemic, there's not a whole lot to like go out and do. So uh, we have a <laughs> It'll be nice, I think, when, you know, like when the vaccine rolls out fully and things get, that things will never go back to the normal that they were before, but we'll figure out what the new normal is and what that will look like. And I think that'll help all of us individually and as a society be able to like, just get off our collective butts. I know I feel so foggy just yeah. from like, the social distancing and not having a real routine like I used to. Everything is so slippery. Yeah. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. I think once we get that, everyone will, everyone collectively will be able to take a little sigh of relief. I'm looking forward to that very much. I think the same thing. It's It's been, and that's kind of what I tell people too when they're just getting started is, because you're in this new place where you are a business owner and there is no routine established, if you don't kind of set that precedent from day one, like I need to be up at this time, I need to be ready by this time, I need to be filming at this time, I need to do those things, it gets very, it gets away from you very quickly. 
Because yes. it's like, I can make this video or I can watch Netflix and Netflix will win. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's important. The schedule thing, like I have said it before, I live and die by my calendar. And if it's on my mm. calendar, it's taking place and there is no other option. It's like, I treat it like this is an appointment I have set with my boss, even though my boss is myself, I'm not going to not be there for my boss. Like that's unacceptable. So when I treat it like that, it works. And when I don't treat it like that, I'm just a giant failure all around <laughs> in every aspect. Um, so that's a great piece of feedback. I'm going to take that and kind of use it. I do it with my workouts too. So like I have a, I got a personal trainer this year past 2020 because I knew I would not hold myself accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's also my cousin. So I know I have to be there because <laughs> like he has to get paid so he can pay his bills. So it's like, we're a very dependent ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, setting those days, like, okay, I have, a, I have a workout this day. I cannot miss it. And this is an important like appointment for my future. And I, I kind of treat it like, this is this, I have this vision of this future me and what does she do? What does she look like? What does she wear? How does she behave? Um, what is her schedule? And I like, I wrote it all out and this is who I want to be. And this is what her life looks like. And then I started living my life as if I was her in the present by, you know, adhering to her schedule, adhering to her routines at her, you know, doing stuff like that. And I saw myself in 2020 completely just shift and into the, you know, a lot closer to that person I wanted to be. So that was why I think that whole appointment with yourself thing is so important because if you don't, I mean, then you, it just never comes and it's just not what you want you know yeah there's a lot to be said in writing down your goals and your visions and definitely, definitely having something physical to like guide you toward that yeah I wanted to touch on before we wrap this too because mm-hmm. you when I originally was put in contact with you on the webinar you had started as like a no face model correct originally when when um we were first kind of discussing my husband and I we thought that it might be something um, that would be easier or less controversial if I kept my face out of my content. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were, I think, a number of reasons that that ended up uh, kind of falling by the wayside. First was that um, utilizing the software to try and uh, like digitally cover up my face was really hard on my hands. Mm-hmm. Um, it was making it so that I really couldn't put out any content. Like I'd film a lot and then I'd have trouble editing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just couldn't do it physically. And then also from an internal standpoint, it felt, it felt icky hiding my face. <laughs> I don't know if there's another way to say it. Like it was like, if I'm doing this and I'm okay with it, I don't want to hide. Like I, I want to. I'm proud of what I'm doing. I think I'm kind of cute. Like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and my husband is still not a hundred percent on board with that decision. But um, you know, we are two separate people, and sometimes the decisions that I make will not always fully align with you know whatever, whatever he or what his position might be. And that's just part of marriage and any relationship, right? Is that you, you can't always agree on everything. This is- but um, I do need to take the steps to be my own fully autonomous 
like individual. And if I feel like I really need to do something, then um, I'm probably, I'm going to take the steps that I need to do to, to be there. And I will respect his opinion and I love him so much, but I really needed to do that for me. Yeah. Did you notice any difference in your like sales or your business uh, when you made that switch out of curiosity? Um, I feel like my engagement went up quite a bit. Like, honestly, I don't think I made any more sales from like the, from Fan Central or OnlyFans. Um, well, now I'd have to go back to and kind of look at the data a mm-hmm. little bit more to try and um, really get a sense. But definitely engagement went up. Like, people would talk to me a little bit more. I think when there was that kind of no face, people think that you're not necessarily legitimate, like that yeah. you're um, not a real person. Like maybe you're just taking somebody else's content and repurposing it for you. But if they can see you in real time, then, oh my God, you're an actual human. Like, yeah. yay. Definitely. I, I always wondered that because I, there's some really wildly successful couples that do no face content on Pornhub and things like that. And it, it's always interested me because I'm like, oh, I could have totally been one of those no face, you know, couples. But at the same time, like I have tattoos and then it's a whole nother thing. Like, do I really want to blur tattoos? Like, it's not mm-hmm. worth it. Um, but I was always intrigued by, because the no face offers its own kind of experience different than the content we put out where it's like, there's some mystery there and you're always kind of wondering if you'll see them or if that creator gets the X benchmark, will they reveal themselves? And, you know, there, it has that little, not gimmick, but kind of like a gimmick going mm-hmm. on with it as opposed to our content, which is like, here I am, this is me, this is what you get, you know, and, and that's all there is to it. There's no, I think it's interesting that you can do things like that in our space because everyone thinks, you know, if you say you're an adult, then you're automatically mentally, you are a porn star. You go to a porn set, you sleep with multiple men at once. And that's what porn is. And people don't understand the intricacies and the niches and everything mm-hmm. that goes on in adult. Cause there's, you know, wildly successful adult performers who only do voice and only do mm-hmm. or they only do texting via actual text message um, or doming or matrixing like, there's mm-hmm. so many different avenues in this industry and there's different spaces, spaces and fetishes and areas where you can kind of play and experience. Mm-hmm. And it's not just this one thing. And I feel like people need to understand that. And I really hope that conversations like this kind of allow for that because it's not just, you know, a woman growing up with daddy issues or abused or whatever that ends up in sex work. It's very yeah. accomplished people like yourself and your husband. I think it's been a wonderful journey and I can't, I mean, I'm so, I'm still very new to the industry, mm-hmm. but I am very much excited to grow into it and see what comes next. Yeah. And especially curious to see like how things happen in a post COVID world too. Right. Yes. Cause like I've never experienced like the fan center houses or the, this or the, that, because there's, no, there have been very few ways to physically meet people that are in the same industry. Um, I did get very lucky a few months ago to be able to travel and visit um, Chrissy mm-hmm. uh, and her husband, sir, to kind of make a connection and film some content. And she actually was very helpful in getting me set up on um, streaming. Awesome. Um, but I mean, that's been, you know, there were COVID tests 
than other tests and we wanted to make sure that we were very safe and socially distanced. There's a lot of planning that went into yeah. that and a lot of hand sanitizer. It's killing me too. Cause there's, I have so many performer friends in other countries that mm-hmm. aren't going through things as to the degree we are still, you know, going through things and they are traveling and collaborating with other people. I'm like, God, I just want to collaborate with other performers. Like it's killing me. Oh, it's been hard. That, that's probably been the hard part about 2020 and now going into 2021. It's like in 2019, I was almost, almost two weeks out of the month. I was gone traveling, either collaborating or at events or shooting with photographers or whatever. And now 2019 or 2020, I didn't go anywhere. You know, I was grounded since February. So almost a year, absolutely no travel. Um, so it's been a big change of pace, but I will say, I was just talking to my own husband. I was like, you know, I haven't been sick since I stopped traveling. <laughs> That's kind of yeah. it. <laughs> mm-hmm. been a lot healthier. <laughs> yeah, all around in every area. <laughs> I know. Yeah. If you didn't end up actually with COVID, you probably wouldn't get most of the other transmittable diseases. <laughs> no, it was really nice. I get sick easy. So I've been like doing really well. <laughs> hey, small, celebrate the victories, right? That's for sure. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time and being so open with me because you're giving voice to people that almost are a unicorn in the space because people think you guys don't exist. They think that only people who are struggling or have no other options are joining adults and you are clearly not one of those. Um, and I don't think you're the exception to the rule. I think there is a strong influx of people like mm-hmm. yourself going into adults. And I think people need to know about it because one, they should have the opportunity to do the same if they want it and feel good about it. But also we need to kind of shift that stigma and perspective on sex work and you get to help do that. And I really appreciate Yay. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. Yay. I want to also invite you now formally to come back and we'll have you on the podcast maybe when you're like a year or two deep in the industry and kind of see how things have changed for you. Because I think it'd be interesting to follow your journey because you are like from the beginning from, <laughs> from bar none. So it'll be exciting. That'll be great. I'd be down. Yay. Okay. Perfect. Well, until next time, everyone who's listening, um, make sure, Oh, Laura, where can they follow you on socials and stuff? You can plug all your things. Oh, I'm pretty much everywhere at, I am not your sub. So, um, yeah, on Ben Central only fans, um, on Instagram and Twitter. So if you just search that, um, you will find me. Um, <laughs> it's at I A M N O T Y O U R S U B, right? Correct. Perfect. All right, guys. Well, thank you, Laura Ryan, and we will have her back in due time. Thank you so much, Melrose, for having me. Appreciate it.